as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the 6-4 Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bored as Hell podcast We want to wish everyone a very happy Mother's Day uh, We're recording this on Sunday uh, to talk to you about some movies this week And you know what, there were, there were two big ones I saw both of them, Andy, Andy, you were working, and I totally understand. Well, (laughs) it's so so funny that, you know, what happens when the studios try to put both press screenings on the same night, and I have to choose both of them, or between both of them anyway, and then right as I'm about to leave, I get a news alert that pops up that says, Trump just fired the FBI director, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh crap! I'm on I'm on our works rapid response team. I've got to like work on us getting like social media out and uh, and press releases out." And so I did not get to go see the movies. So thanks, Trump, or or maybe actually maybe I should be thanking him because uh, I'm I'm hearing very mixed things about these movies. So so tell me what I missed, Adam. Okay, so so let, let let's. Yeah, we go worst to first, uh, and and also damn you for trying to save the world. Yeah, <laughs> um, let's start out with Snatched. So Snatched is the uh, it's, a, it's a kidnapping ransom wacky adventure movie starring Goldie Hawn, who we haven't seen in like almost twenty years. I mean, it was really yeah. cool seeing her back on screen, um, starring with Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer is her daughter, and she's well. Andy, have you ever seen anything Amy Schumer's ever been in? Ever? Mm-hmm. Yes, all of her comedy shows and uh, and also Trainwreck. Exactly, so Trainwreck, her comedy shows. Uh, so obviously, you know she's this you know woman who is sexually adventurous and doesn't care that she's a little bit overweight, which to be honest is totally fine. That's why she one of the best things about this movie is she thinks she's sexy and she is. And she is sexy. As a I... person myself who is a bit overweight, I think I'm sexy and I am. So. I totally identify with that. I think it's really empowering and wonderful that she's doing this. But she's also kind of a mess. I mean, she's sleeping around. She's... Her boyfriend breaks up with her, and now it's her fault. And she kind of falls into the cliche of the, oh, woe is me woman who isn't Amy Schumer. And, ugh. Anyways, so she's going to uh, Ecuador. She has a non-refundable ticket for her and her now ex-boyfriend to go. And so she decides to take her mother, Goldie Hawn, who is overbearing and thinks that her daughter's not good enough and blah, 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 and every cliche known to man. So they go down there, and Amy Schumer meets a really, really hot dude who takes her out partying one night, and the next day takes her and her mom out, and they get kidnapped. Hence the name Snatched. And wackiness ensues as they try to escape and go through the Amazon jungle to get back to life and blah, 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 and... Her brother is this agoraphobic weirdo. Here's the thing is, I thought this was written by Amy Schumer. It's not. Um, it's actually written by Katie Dippold, who uh, did some stuff for Parks and Rec. She wrote The Heat, which actually is really funny. This movie, I did laugh a lot for about the first hour, I'd say. Uh, and then there's a scene, and I'm not going to say what the scene is, just because it's kind of a... Actually, I will. It's a... Uh, there's a tapeworm removal scene. And oh, it's no. gross as hell. And oh, no. You could you could almost literally see the movie jumping the tapeworm at that point. Because oh, no. every single moment after that was just not funny. It wasn't interesting. It wasn't cool. 
And yes, Goldie Hawn and Amy Schumer have a great dynamic, and they play together well, and it's they have a lot of fun doing this. And you can tell they're actually having a good time making the movie. But this is a 90-minute movie that feels two hours long. It felt long. And oh, no. my biggest complaint, and I've gone back to other movies too, is like, this is a 90-minute movie with 45 minutes worth of jokes. There's yeah. too many long stretches where it's not interesting... It's not funny, and we're just kind of over it. So, uh, I really wanted to like this. I really went in hoping to love it. Uh, I can't, though, so I'm... Honestly, again, it's not bad. It's just not good. So, split down the middle, 5 out of 10. Uh, If you can catch it at the Dollar Theater, go for it. But, I mean, this isn't Trainwreck. This isn't the Amy Schumer show. It's cool seeing Goldie Hawn back doing things again, but... There really is no reason to go see this. Uh, that's unfortunate. I, I mean, I really like Trainwreck. I really liked uh, a, a lot of what's in Inside Amy Schumer. Even though, I mean, it's sometimes hit and miss, but it's a sketch comedy show, and you can you can expect that. But that is really unfortunate because I I do really love Amy Schumer, and um, uh, but you know maybe this is one of those things where that. That shtick that she's doing is just getting a little bit played out, and she should branch out into other stuff. Like, like Melissa McCarthy decided to like, I'm gonna stop <laughs> <John> doing. <Spicer. laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but she stopped doing the like, oh, I'm a, I'm a dirty bird sort of thing, and she did like Saint Vincent, which was just a straight-on dramatic role and did really well. I'd love to see Amy Schumer like work outside of her comfort zone a little bit, and maybe we'd get something a little better. So that's unfortunate. But uh, speaking of working outside of your comfort zone, we've got <laughs> Guy Ritchie doing a King Arthur movie? Okay, so Guy Ritchie does a lot of things really well. He does gangster movies well. He does quip, you know, uh, really fun, fast comedy action scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what he does not do well, apparently with this legend, is he doesn't take classic literature and... He doesn't keep it true to the source. I mean, we all we all, we both saw Sherlock Holmes, which was a ton sure. of fun. I love Sherlock Holmes. They're some of my favorite Guy Ritchie movies ever. Um, and to be honest, I've not seen Rock and Roller, uh, Rock and Roller, so that's on my list. Again, it's a list about fifty thousand miles long. But if you go into a Guy Ritchie movie about a classic literature figure, you know he's going to dive in, take the bits he likes, like King Arthur, Excalibur, rip them out and then just totally screw with the whole thing and make it his own. And that's great. I'm totally for taking my story and making it your own thing. Um, So if you're a King Arthur purist, don't go see this movie because you will hate it. Because, (laughs) I mean, Lady in the Lake's in it for literally one second. Uh, You you see Merlin's hand. Literally, just his hand, nothing else. Uh, Mordred is killed in the first 10 minutes. I mean, it, it, it's very much not your parents' King Arthur story. But, let's dive in. So, uh, King Arthur is played by Charlie Hunnam, who we've seen from Pacific Rim, Queer as Folk, all these, you know, uh, Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy, yeah. Exactly, that's what most people know him from. Um, so he's, Arthur is growing up as an orphan in the streets of Londinium, because we can, London, uh, <laughs> and he, he's growing up in a brothel, doesn't know his parents, but he's also very streetwise and is kind of part of a gang who are fighting against the Vikings. Well, 
and come to find out, he actually is the son of Uther Pendragon, who's played by Eric Bana, who, uh, at the very opening of the movie, uses Excalibur to defeat Mordred and take over the realm. Well, he's betrayed by his brother Jude Law, who is v- Vortigen, who uh, is a mage, and in this uh, time, there's the a very big faction between the mages and everyone else. Because of Mordred, everyone fears the mages. Well, Vortigen is a mage and doesn't tell anyone and uses his evil powers to kill his brother, take over the realm, and basically become a tyrant. Well, the one so thing So he's he Palpatine lacks, from episode three. Exactly, yeah. He's Palpatine episode three. However, unlike Palpatine, yeah. who has ultimate power through the Force, Vortigen is missing the power of Excalibur because Excalibur is stuck in a stone as we all know the story so he is running up yes. all the men in the realm to go there and pull the, try to pull the sword out of the stone well Arthur gets mixed in and of course pulls the sword out of the stone but when he grabs it the whole world kind of goes crazy and suddenly he's seeing these crazy visions of his parents being murdered by this weird black smoke monster and pretty much runs for his life because now Vortigen's after him the whole kingdom's like oh my god like you, you should be the next king he, of course Vortigen wants to kill him because he should be the next king and he wants the power of Excalibur so Arthur has to go on a quest to the Darklands to master the powers of the sword and wackiness ensues I don't want to say too much more because I don't want to spoil stuff um my biggest problem with this movie is that so, when you read a book, everything about the book is what's going on in the characters' heads. It's what's going on in things you can't see. Movies are about showing things, showing what's happening. And the middle the middle third of this movie is Arthur's quest to go unlock Excalibur, face his demons, and become the true king he's supposed to be. And there's so much there. There, there, there is literally a, a full one or two movies worth of exposition and plot happening within 40 minutes that we want to see but the narrator just keeps saying oh and then he went and did this and then he did this and it shows a two or three minute clip of what Arthur did. I'm like no I want to see what he did. How do you face these demons? How do you do this? How do you do that? And we don't get to see it because Guy Ritchie is so hellbent on rushing towards the third act where Arthur is in charge of the sword, has the powers. Oh, and by the way, when you have the power of Excalibur, it pretty much slows down time. You become like Quicksilver from X-Men, and you can slay an army with three swings of the sword. It, it's really cool and stylistic, but Guy Ritchie's way too invested in getting there that he skips over the more important parts of making us understand why Arthur should be king, why he's worthy of the sword, why he's doing what he's doing. Um, mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that, those are the problems. That being said, it's a lot of fun. If you love Guy Ritchie, you're going to love this. You'll, you'll see many things that are his traits, his quips, that he does really well here. And I'm a huge King Arthur fan, and yes, this wasn't the stories I grew up with, but it's still really cool. It's a lot of fun. It's stylist, stylistic, and yeah, just, just go in, turn your brain off, eat some popcorn, and you'll have fun. Don't overthink it. So, um, actually, at a 7.5 out of 10, it is the recommended of the week because... Well, actually, the recommended of the week is still Guardians because <laughs> that's out there. Yeah. It should be seen, like, 5,000 times. Um, but, no, it's, it's 
King Arthur really deserves a sequel because now that we've set up the story of where it's coming from, I want to see where it goes from here because uh, there is a really cool world that Guy Ritchie has made. But uh, it just there there are problems and tonally it's a completely it's like three different movies and I really wish he would have just gone balls out and did what he wanted. And, but unfortunately, he spends too much time trying to explain a legend we already know. So, Well, that that's unfortunate, but at the same time, it's like, the reason I brought up Star Wars is essentially Star Wars is Arthurian legend. It's, you know, a, a, a kid with promise and destiny finds a magic sword, and an old wizard, like, teaches him about magic and, and things in the universe. And then he goes and, like, slays the bad guy and and takes on everything. There, there's there got to be an aspect of that, like, basic mythical plot. And it mm-hmm. seems like Guy Ritchie kind of maybe missed that boat a little bit in, in trying to, like, be Guy Ritchie. Is, yeah. is that a fair assumption or... Um, I, I would say so. It's kind of like, you know, Wes Anderson is making movies sure. just to be Wes Anderson instead of making good movies, which which isn't to say that his last few movies haven't been great. Oh, uh, sure. If you like, you know, Moonrise Kingdom is a good movie, but it's the most Wes Anderson movie I've ever seen in my life. And mm-hmm. that's kind of a complaint because, dude, you're a good director. You're a good writer. You can make a film without trying to play to what you think everyone else thinks you should be and um or to to please your certain like your fan, fan set yeah. and and what and what they really love yeah that that gets that gets a little tiresome and so uh, speaking of which one of the things that we wanted to talk about is next week we have alien covenant coming yes. out yes we do and so uh i i thought it would be a good idea to talk about prometheus we've both seen alien covenant and so Having seen it, it's really important that you have seen Prometheus and have gotten that because otherwise I think a lot of what is going on isn't going to make a whole lot of sense. I mean, they actually they actually do explain some of it fairly well, but you're missing big chunks that like if it's up in the air whether Ridley Scott is actually trying to say something with Alien Covenant or not. I don't. I don't know if yeah. you think he is, um, Adam. So the the reason why we're we're talking about Prometheus right now, and we're not going to dive in too deep because trust me, next week there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Uh, is because if you've never seen an Alien movie and you walk into Covenant, you know the basics. You know the facehuggers. You know chestbursters. You know the aliens have acid blood. There are certain things that are just so ingrained in, you know, just just in pop culture and society in general. Sure. But you're gonna know things. Uh, that being said, you will not understand half this movie if you've not seen Prometheus. So, if you've not, first of all, go watch them. I think it's on Netflix. It's free. Uh, even if you hate that movie, there are things that happen in that, and there are certain characters and ideologies and philosophies that are carried over that you need to understand before you see Covenant. So, that's your homework assignment. We actually gave you one this time. Go yep. see Prometheus before you see Covenant. You have to. Trust us. The the Just to give you a, a, a stinger, the very opening scene in Alien Covenant is Michael Fassbender playing David, 
who he played in Prometheus, sitting there uh, with with Wayland, with Wayland, uh, and, who was also in uh, Prometheus, and they're having a conversation about uh, David's existence as a as a robot in a synthetic life form. Oh, and that's and, one, that's like my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, yeah. like, I'm such an existentialist. I love that so much. I was going insane. I'm like, yes, yes, this is so cool. And it's like the the smallest, quietest, littlest moment in the movie, and I'm just losing my goddamn mind because it's so amazing and like it just hit me so hard because that's my philosophy. So ah, anyways, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, no, totally. That, that's but. Uh, but you need to understand what they were doing in Prometheus and, and what happened and where they ended up. So, uh, I mean, it's been a couple of years since <laughs> it's been several years since Prometheus came out. So uh, spoilers, we're about to talk about some of the yeah, spoilers. We're, we're, it's been Prometheus. at least five years. So you can you can go sit on attack if you are pissed. We're talking about Prometheus. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so so let, let's talk about it. Um, I. I I was really torn on Prometheus. I don't think it's a good movie. I don't think it's a good oh, alien movie. With you. But I think that it is incredibly interesting. It's a and it's a better movie to talk about and think about and discuss than it is enjoyable to watch. And and that's the only reason I say that it's not like a great movie because I think a great movie should be enjoyable, like on on just a, a visceral sense. Oh, that, that that's a fun ride. It's making me think. I, I think of a movie that that is very cerebral that makes you think, like like an Ex Machina, and that is still very enjoyable to watch. I did not have a good time watching Prometheus. That I, I think that's what that's where it kind of fails. But really cool stuff that they bring up in there about. Uh, where the aliens came from and why? <laughs> no, and, and see that's that's my whole thing. Was like I remember I walked out of this movie with Eddie, and normally we get in the car and we talk about the movie, like oh my god, this or this, or oh my god, this sucked. And I sat there and like I didn't know what to say. I there was so much to think over and so much to mull over my mind. And I remember because I went to pub quiz that night, and it was like my second time going. Eddie stayed home, and I was sitting there just kind of like at the table, just staring at my drink. And Brian came up to me, you know, Brian Young, our editor-in-chief, and he's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I just saw Prometheus, and I'm still trying to figure it out. He's like, oh my god, me too, we should talk about it. One of the movies I, I, I kind of compare it to as far as how much it made me think was Inception. That being said, Inception is a better movie, because I worship at the altar of Chris Nolan. And, um, and it's a fun ride. <laughs> I, I, it's a fun ride, I yes. Yeah. Uh, Prometheus is very nihilistic, it's very defeatist, it's very bitter and broken but once I finally thought about it and like read for three hours like longer than the movie was about the idea behind it it resonated so hard with me to where I think it's almost one of my favorite alien movies ever not not in tone or in just sheer filmmaking prowess because if you go back and look at Alien itself that's a near perfect movie uh, but Prometheus dived into the existential and philosophical area of thought that no other alien movie had. Um, pretty much, if you don't get the gist of the movie, the reason why the aliens existed and why they're killing us is because we killed Jesus. <laughs> 
that is the backbone of that movie is that that's where religion comes from the religion came from our makers who were the engineers who made earth who caused evolution and then one of them came to earth to help us and we we killed them and so they got pissed and made the aliens uh to a point i mean that's more explained in in later yeah, movies but that's basically it yeah. that's the idea and when that kind of, when I saw that and as someone who's a recovering Christian who is <laughs> who is like recovering finding my own <laughs> who is finding yeah. my new way as far as philosophy and, and religion goes uh, that was a huge eye-opening moment for me so maybe it was just because it was so much more personal for me uh, because of my own personal journey uh, I loved it and I We'll go back and watch it over and over again. It was filmed in 3D. It's one of the few movies I will say to watch in 3D because it was meant to be that way. Uh, but you, yes, you, you have to see Prometheus. Even if you don't like it, go back watch it again because so much in Covenant happens. It is a direct sequel from that movie. So love or hate it, it's part of it. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah, even even though like it, it takes it until... Uh, about the middle of the second act for you to realize exactly where uh, Prometheus plugs into this, but uh, you need to have understood what happens at the end of Prometheus yes. to understand what definitely well, the end, yeah. What what the setup was for Alien Covenant and why uh, why these things are happening. So it's a uh, very very interesting. Um, I, I don't know. I I just always found uh, Prometheus to be maybe a little bit too ponderous and too in in love with its own mythology, um, rather than like. Okay, let me let me walk that back just one second. I think the biggest problem with Prometheus is that it was billed as an alien movie, <laughs> and so it's people went real. in. Yeah, people went in expecting. Uh, face huggers and chest bursters and uh, you know seeing the giant space jockey and we didn't get any of that <laughs> and uh, so everyone was like what I don't I don't get it it's like the but they they get into uh, the genetics behind the the aliens and yeah. what's going on and it's like okay that is cool I guess but like but when where's where's the queen where are the eggs that are gonna like pop out and and kill everybody and and doing that like that's that's what i want and we didn't get any of that <laughs> and so it's uh and see uh, i went in i went in wanting a story and i understood that it was it was part of the alien universe but it wasn't it wasn't what led up to alien it, it wasn't yeah the, it wasn't a direct prequel no yeah uh, but, and, and again, we'll, we'll, we'll dive in later next week when we actually can talk about it. Uh, the events of Covenant couldn't have happened without Prometheus. And it's so weird to yep. say, like, oh, this, this this movie that has pretty much very little to do with the whole series we know and love of, you know, four plus Alien vs. Predator, which are not good movies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they're barely honest. even movies. Yeah, they're barely even movies. <laughs> But I mean, you know, the whole mythos, and I mean, there's there's books, and there's graphic novels, and there's video games, and everything we know about Alien could not have existed without Prometheus. And I think we discount the fact of how important it is because it was a movie people didn't like. But this is the building blocks of the mythos of the world we've come to know and love. 
I mean, I have a damn card game based off of Alien. <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't have happened without Prometheus. And we, we go back and we, we, you know, we, we talk about uh, like the Star Wars prequels, which we, we've discussed at length on this podcast. And, mm-hmm. you know, I have problems with them. But at the same time, they're important because the story that's being told and the world being built, these are the, the building blocks, the founding of this saga we love. Yeah. So Prometheus the, is the prequel, is the prequels of Alien. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in a lot of ways, yeah. And I think that is somewhat of a fundamental problem with prequels is there is a certain sense of the things that we love because they're that we love the things that we love because there is a mystery behind them. Mm-hmm. Boba Fett was kind of cooler before we knew that he, he was yeah. yeah, before he we knew he was the grown-up clone of Jango Fett and Jango Fett was this dude who created the clone army and worked for Count Dooku and it's like okay, I mean, I, that's still a cool backstory and all. And I'm not I'm not bagging on it, but it's it's that old thing about jazz. Listen to the notes they're not playing. Yeah. And when when you have something that isn't fully explained, your mind can impute all sorts of interesting things in there and it it can make it more interesting by being more mysterious. Um it's arguable whether alien becomes more interesting or less interesting understanding the backstory because in one sense it makes it incredibly more nihilistic and incredibly more frightening to understand that these were basically engineered as a weapon of mass destruction to go and destroy life throughout the galaxy and yeah, because, uh, we Jesus. <laughs> because we killed Jesus because we killed Jesus um uh, that that there was a group of people who went out and engineered life throughout the universe and spread life wherever they went and yeah. then at some point they're just like nah f this the life that we created is awful so we're going to create this like ultimate nihilistic life force but see that was god's entire the purpose is to destroy it but so. that was god with the flood that's the whole like if you look at biblical mythology that was the reason why God sent the flood to wipe out mankind is because he built all the... And again, there's so much I could go into in this movie that's so amazing. Yeah, no. Uh, and we're right. Because that will... We could be here for three hours and we would... We would be talking like we're on NPR. The welcome back movie. to... Welcome back to Movie Talk on NPR. Movie Talk where, on NPR. With the where we're discussing... Prometheus. We're discussing Prometheus. Uh, tell us the reason behind the nihilism in the alien movie. <laughs> I must go find myself a salty cracker. Um. Anyways, though, but yeah, there's there's yeah. so much philosophy and so much behind this movie that the the average moviegoer wasn't expecting, and so that's why they didn't like it. And I I do challenge people to go back and watch this again because this is one of my favorite alien movies for a very good reason. And again, like I mentioned before, maybe it's just my own personal journey through life that I'm learning new things but I I got out of that movie and couldn't talk for an hour I was thinking about so much stuff and honestly watch it and try to dive in and it's especially actually in the map scene where like you finally get the point behind everything happening yeah. uh, there's just so much there so Andy I, I understand why you didn't like it uh, as much as I do or at all 
Uh. <laughs> I didn't hate it. I mean, it's it is my third favorite Alien movie. I just don't think that it's like. Uh, I just don't think that it's that amazing, and I think it's more ponderous than enjoyable. Yeah, see, I'm, I, I like pondering things, so <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I love it. So, anyways, uh, yes, but you you do have to see this before you see Covenant. And speaking of which, that's next week. That's mm-hmm. our big thing. And I was talking with Brian after we because we're doing a roundtable for uh, Big Shiny. I'm like, how do we review this movie? We can't talk about anything. Like. Everything in this movie is a spoiler for the most part. You can't talk about what he or she or they did or how things kind of rolled out. Uh, so I think we're going to probably pop on themes and why the modern Prometheus is really important and Frankenstein and horror Romantic movies. poetry in general. Byron, yeah. yeah it's it's, yep. it's, it's going to be a very vague review as far as the plot goes, but I think there's... I know there's a lot to talk about, and I'm actually really excited to. I'm, I'm sure, like uh, down the road, like like we did with Civil War and Star Wars, uh, we'll do a, a huge spoiler review because there's a lot to talk about, and you kind of have to address certain issues about why I didn't didn't like it, and mm. yeah. But anyways, that's next week. Alien Covenant. Go oh. see Prometheus. We've also got Diary of a Wimpy Kid, The Long Haul, and teen drama, Alien, or Everything, Everything. I almost said Alien, <laughs> Alien. Everything, <laughs> <laughs> uh, everything, yes. everything. So uh, I will I will talk briefly about those, and then we'll we'll talk about Alien Covenant. Which uh, let me let me amend something I said. I said Prometheus was my third favorite Alien movie ever. Alien Covenant is now my third favorite. I I, I liked it better than Prometheus. So we'll we'll put it there but we'll review it fully next week oh that's hard for me i, I don't where i would rate things again i haven't seen resurrection i'm actually going to watch that today because i own the, oh. the damn quadrilogy uh it won't be better <laughs> oh i'm terrible because it was it was it was the studios messing with joss whedon which yeah hopefully marvel's learned now don't do that because you screw things up um yeah i will come back next week and tell you where Alien Covenant falls in my rating because I have to watch the, the final Alien to, you know, to really be honest and say like, yes, this is where it goes. Yeah. Uh, but yes, go see Prometheus. If you've seen it before, grit your teeth, do it again. You need to understand it. But until next week, hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Punk ass tripping, but it's alright. Homie scored a key, he's gonna. 